Good evening, everybody, and welcome into another episode of the Scarlet and Gray podcast. I am Tyler Johnson. I am joined by my partners in crime, Nick Lazier and Jordan Dalton. Gentlemen, how are we doing tonight? Good. Ready to talk about some Ohio State football. Let's do it. Always good over here on my end. <laughs> we finally we finally got, uh, we believe, a stable connection on that end. So. <laughs> I, I think so. We'll find out. <laughs> I, think, I think we're good to go. But before we get into um, the show tonight, give a special uh, shout out to our co-host, Nick Lazier. He is getting married on Saturday. Oh. You know, we have we just had to share that information. So <laughs> it's going to be fun. It's going to be a fun weekend. I hope I so. We're all excited. It'll be good. I'm excited. I'm excited to see y'all. Be fun. Yeah, it's definitely going to be. Yeah, going to be. It's going to be a lot of fun. And guys, remember that Network Two One Six is proud to be partners with Underdog Fantasy. And right now, Best Ball Mania Three is going on. Only a couple weeks left to register for your chance to win ten million dollars in total prizes. You have the opportunity to draft your lineup against other people. It's not like FanDuel and DraftKings, where you just have a salary cap. You get to pick the players you want. And Underdog is going to start your best players every single week. No waivers, no trades. Use code 216 to double your first deposit up to $100. That is code 216. And special shout out um, to Network 216 and the entire crew. We are pitching in to give you guys a chance at winning Madden 23. Just came out on Friday. And I have to admit, after uh, playing it a little bit, there have been some improvements with the gameplay. I will say that. So, you guys, big Madden fans, Madden's huge right now. Go follow network underscore 216 for your chance to win Madden 23. Just follow the directions on the tweet, and you will be good to go. And part of that, if you guys click the crown on your screen, you can subscribe to the channel for free with Amazon Prime. For free. So, and that will give you an extra entry of winning Madden 23. So, go follow network 216 for your chance at winning Madden 23. Gentlemen, the first thing to get into tonight is there's actually there's some news to talk about, and we're going to start off with the big piece of news, and I think that is the Big Ten media deal that was just struck, and that media deal is going to be for seven years, $7 billion, and the Big Ten is going to be exclusively on Fox, CBS, NBC, Peacock, and FS1, so no more ESPN. First off, what are your thoughts on this? I mean, this is huge for the Big Ten. There were rumors that they were going to join Apple. So talk about this deal from their perspective. So I, you know, I I am a fan of the, you know, moving it to like primetime games to streaming services. But when when does it become a thing where there's too many outlets to watch football and, and then – I feel like you can kind of alienate viewers by, uh, you know, exclusively playing like primetime games on Peacock. Cause like if you don't have Peacock now, now you're obligated to pay, you know, $10 a month for Peacock. And then, um, you know, with the way that the streaming's going with TV and stuff, like, you know, we, we all have YouTube TV and that's worked out really well for us, but there, there's going to be a, a point where there's just so many ways to watch Ohio State football um, that it might not be feasible for everybody to watch every game. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to lie. It's it's going to be weird hearing that CBS theme song for a Big Ten game. <laughs> You're always used to seeing those those SEC schools. Yeah. 
it's, it's gonna be it's gonna be an adjustment for sure. But I mean, I bet they gave him a, I mean, seven years, seven billion. That that's an insane amount of money. And I and I, I guess I read it's just for football and basketball. Am I correct on that? I believe that that does sound correct. Yeah. So I mean, that's still just an insane amount of money. I mean, I can't even imagine what Apple even tried to like offer in that bidding war. But for CBS to come out on top, it's pretty interesting. It'll be. I think it'll be good for both parties, though. So, do you guys know how that affects games on like the Big Ten Network and stuff? That's I have not seen the details on that. I would imagine the Big Ten Network still has their own rights, unless they're just going away from. I I don't think they're going away from it. Period. So, maybe not all games are going to be like the Big Ten Network might still have one or two games. I mean, I'm not really sure how that's going to work. Yeah, that definitely be an interesting. You know, you don't really know how it's going to work until it, it's here, um, especially with how many games are going to be played. Um, and, you know, being Ohio State, there, there's a lot of primetime games that are going to be on the schedule. So who knows? We might have three or four games on Peacock exclusively. So, you know, it's going to be one of those things where they're, they're probably going to have, like, exclusive national televised games, but then they're also going to still have, like, the local so it'll be like local NBC channel and then exclusively on Peacock, kind of like they do with like NFL games right now. The big thing about this that is very interesting to me, NBC for years has had a contract with Notre Dame to exclusively mm. host Notre Dame football games. That's interesting with this. It, it we're gonna talk Big Ten Big Ten expansion here, but that one makes me wonder because Notre Dame has had their own their own channel just for their football games. That's always on. It's always NBC. I wonder if this – I don't know. You try not to read too much into those little things because there's no guarantee Notre Dame's going to do anything, like go anywhere. But this seems to add a little fuel to that fire that if they're going to go, it's going to be the Big Ten, especially if the Big Ten is going to be on their channel now. But and, with, that, with that being said, is like Notre Dame – I think is content with where they're at because they do have that exclusive TV deal and they can, you know, just being independent, like being one of the only independent schools in division one football, um, they can kind of, you know, write their own season in terms of television and who they play when they play. um, And they don't have to abide by the rules of a, of a conference. So and I don't think Notre Dame's struggling for for money based off their fan base. So um, it, it would be interesting. You know, I'd like to see them possibly join a conference in the future. And I, we touched on it last podcast. It's it's one of those things they geographically would fit in perfect with the Big Ten, but there's a lot of other elements that go into it. Yeah, and the fact that, I mean, basketball isn't in ACC right now right? for right. Notre Dame. Like, how, how does that all – I don't know how that all works. Like, that's that's something else. But where is the SEC going from here? That's what I – I mean, they have the SEC network for sure. Is ESPN just going to be exclusive for SEC well, football? I, yeah, and I think, I think ESPN, if they don't own the SEC network, they have a, like – Huge deep, stake. Yeah, huge stake in it because mm-hmm. they uh, – they've – I, I'm pretty sure if you go on like ESPN Plus and stuff, they actually have like a an SEC network tab. Yeah, with all their like replays from all the games in the season and stuff. So 
I don't I have to look into it, but I'm pretty sure they have a really big stake in, in SEC. Yeah, I mean, th- that whole this whole situation with the Big Ten, I mean, it's great for them first and foremost, but kind of like you said, J.D., the whole if you went to Apple, not everyone has Apple TV. So then that's a huge outrage in itself. And then even with Peacock, like exclusive games might only be available on Peacock. You see it with the English Premier League. And I wonder if eventually that's where this is all heading is that you're going to have, I mean, cable TV obviously soon might not even be much of anything, but I think this helps keep it there longer because there was a lot, I mean, there was a lot of talk. I, I sent you guys this, this was probably two months ago that Apple, it looks like Apple is going to get the Big Ten media rights. And so now, I mean, this keeps it with cable for a lot longer. So, And I know Roger Goodell was talking about it when he, he, was, he was addressing the, the NFL Sunday ticket. And mm-hmm. he basically said, hey, we know this is going to a streaming giant. We don't know who it's going to be. But because of the way that people are viewing football and, and TV in general now, um, that is the big money maker for the NFL. And so, you know, this deal doesn't surprise me, um, but it's seven years. So in seven years, we might be looking at a completely different outlook in terms of how people watch TV. And it's it's been trending that way for a while. Cable numbers have been down for every year for the past 10 years. So it's, it's going to be interesting for sure. Yeah, it's... Curious to see where all this goes. Uh, I mean, good for the Big Ten. It's huge for them. There is a part to this that CJ Stroud mentioned that we are going to get to later in the show. I think that was very interesting. So we'll, we'll 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 circle back to this. But the other big piece of information that just dropped today, that's the preseason All American list. And at quarterback, I want to know how you guys feel about this. It, it is Bryce Young over C.J. Stroud. You're seeing that in pretty much all, all preseason All-American lists. Are you guys okay with that? He was the Heisman Trophy winner, even though you could make the argument C.J. Stroud had better numbers. Are you guys okay with Bryce Young being over C.J. Stroud? No, no. We are in Ohio State show, so every Ohio State player should be first team all. That's right. All-American, um, mm-hmm. no doubt about it. But, no, uh, so Bryce Young, he's outstanding. Um, yeah. He did win the Heisman. Um, so I think he just, he gets the the nod because of that reason. He's a returning, you know, a returning Heisman winner. So I don't think – I think it would be more of an outrage if he wasn't the first team yeah. quarterback for sure. Well, yeah, like I said in our group chat earlier, I said I, I said in our group, I was like, Stroud on the second team, dot, dot, dot. And then we responded with Bryce Young won the Heisman. I'm like, yeah, I guess that's a fair point. I guess he is coming back. So, yeah. I mean, it makes sense. I just want to know where Noah Ruggles is at. Why isn't he on the list, man? Who's, who's yeah, the he, it's it's uh, Harrison Mevis. He's this on the second team and on the first team. It is Jake Moody from that team up north. we do have three on the first team yes we do we do that which is awesome to see i mean we have travion henderson as a sophomore is on the preseason all-american watch list absolutely incredible paris johnson jr and also who was the other oh on the first team oh jackson's yep 
Very. I mean, I think those three are kind of a no-brainer. Paris Johnson just seems to be under the radar a lot this year. I really don't know why. Maybe it's because they're moving him back out to tackle after he was playing guard. But, I mean, this is a guy that came in as a five-star recruit. He's played pretty much played wherever he's needed to and been very successful. So, love to see him on the All-American watch list. JSM, obviously. Were you guys a little bit surprised? Maybe not a lot, but a little bit surprised that Travion was on there for the first team. I'm maybe not, not the lie. second team. Yeah, I, I was surprised. Yeah, I was like, surprised too. I pulled that list up and I saw his name and I was like, "Wow, that's pretty crazy." Because I mean, we all know how good he is, but I, I don't even know who the great running backs are right now in college football. But I wasn't expecting him to be, you know, top four, yeah, let alone top two. So, well, maybe that kid from Texas, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. He, oh, he's already there. Yeah. Yeah, I think he was the consent, like the consensus running back that was supposed right. to be on there. Yeah, I figured. I mean, then you also then you also have. I mean, Wisconsin's got a good one, right? I mean, when okay, when does Wisconsin not have a great running back? Braylon, Braylon Allen is is a stud. So they, they breed running game up there, man. It's running game and O line. O line, hey man. Backs. It's like ten degrees up there all the time. So yeah, I used to play NCAA. <laughs> I would put I would put chew the clock on and I would run the ball every single play with Wisconsin. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the kick a field goal to win. <laughs> oh my goodness! That's anyway. Moving on to the second team. <laughs> moving on to the second team. That's where quarterback C.J. Stroud is on the second team All American list, along with uh, Day One Jones, tackle out of Ohio State, also on that list as well. Uh, I thought we had one more. Where's the other one? Looks like that's it. Okay. We have five total. That line's going to be a problem this year. They're going to, I mean, they're going to be tough. I mean, they're ranking out. We're only replacing one guy. So, yeah. Oh, they're they're already ranking out one to be the top of the line in college football. So, it'd be crazy. Yeah. I mean, I mean, Luke Weipner, Donovan Jackson, Matthew Jones, Daywan Jones, and Paris Johnson Jr. I mean, whew, man. Go to Ohio State and play quarterback, and you'll just have all day. I mean, like C.J. Stroud normally does, you have all day to throw the football. So this offensive line is absolutely stacked. What's awesome to see, too, is that, like, they're not necessarily all seniors either. I mean, you're probably going to – you're going to lose – I mean, Baron Shock, Paris Johnson. You're going to lose him for sure. You are going to lose Daywan Jones. But a lot of the offensive line, like, there are young guys on that line too, so – you have your good mix there, which you always want to see. Were there any names when you guys were looking? My dog. Were there any names on this list that surprised you guys when you were looking through this? Like any names that, hmm, like just caught your eye that this guy was in all, on the All American watch list? Alabama's got a lot of first team defensive guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You, you yeah. noticed that right away. Yeah, I, I would say just for me, I, I opened the list just to see who Ohio State had on the on the first team, but Travion definitely surprised me. Um, but yeah, there's that center, the center for Minnesota in his sixth year. That's Super crazy. crazy. <laughs> I, love they, I love how they put that in there. It's like, up, oh, he's a yeah. sixth year. He's, he's not. A, he's not a senior. He's they a, don't even call him a senior, man. He's a like, super super senior. Yeah. Like normally the fifth year guys are the super seniors. He's a super super. He must be good though. He's a second team All American. I guess. Yeah. He's gonna be like something, thirty years old when he graduates. Yeah. Something that really stood out to me on this list. If you guys remember the name Eli Ricks, 
He was a cornerback at LSU, former five-star, one of the top cornerbacks. He was going to transfer. Ohio State was high on the list. Alabama was high on the list. It was talked he was going to go to Ohio State. Sounds like Ohio State then backed out because they didn't, didn't want to disrupt the chemistry with the current guys they have. Eli Ricks listed as a preseason All-American with Alabama. That 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 caught my eye. Because I, I personally think we could use more corners. I don't think in college football, given how every team wants to run a spread offense, it seems like, that you can have too many corners. So I think that one really stood out to me for sure. <sighs> we'll see. Hey, no, whoa, I just caught more. There's more six years. Man, this is interesting. Okay, I have not never so, seen this many all six year players. Yeah, they're too. all carryovers from COVID. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense then. So that's three we've seen. Because that now I'm curious. Because this is okay. That was it, huh? You learn something new every day. That's all I'll say. Learn something new every day. Right. But you know, hopefully, <laughs> at the end of the year, we have more. Yeah, I think we will. Mm-hmm. CJ wins the Heisman. First team. People stay healthy. First team. (laughs) (laughs) People stay healthy. I I think we can have a lot more than that. And something else that also was dropped was a preseason college football bowl bowl projections here. And as you can imagine, Ohio State is, is here. They are listed in the college football playoff. They are playing Alabama. Ohio State versus Alabama, and the other semifinal would be, well, it looks like there's a couple because there's dual projections here. Ohio State and Alabama, Alabama and Clemson, Ohio State and Georgia seem to be like the consensus group here. So, those are the, the semifinals. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the two oh, semifinals. The actual, my bad. Yeah. Where's the four? Huh. Well – what see. are the what are the two semifinal games? The year? Fiesta Bowl and the Peach Bowl. Oh. Yeah, Ohio State and Georgia. Oh no, I see what it did. Yeah. No, I see what it did. Yeah, okay. So Alabama versus Clemson, Ohio State versus Georgia. Is there any? We're gonna probably agree all on this. Clemson, the biggest surprise there, right? Get them out of here until they yeah, they're, they're always overrated. It's annoying. Get them out of here. I don't understand. Until they beat us, is it just, is yeah. it the name? Like, what? Why is it that they are in the college football playoff? That yeah, just we doesn't talked make about sense it last year. It's the recruiting classes. Yeah, that's the only that's the only thing. Um, but ACC is not super strong. I don't know who they have on their schedule this year that's gonna, you know, give them a game. And that was the issue. I mean, they they were they were always really good with like Trevor Lawrence, Deshaun Watson, but yeah. they. <laughs> To say they had a weak schedule is kind of yeah. under under <laughs> under exaggerating. Yeah, the ACC is garbage. In football, I mean, man. I mean, they were the best team in the ACC, and it wasn't even close. I don't yeah. think they had a close game for like four or five years. Yeah, I mean, you could argue that like North Carolina has their years where they're okay. I mean, Miami, Miami's. Prime to have a good season, but I mean overall the ACC is pretty weak when it comes to the football department. Overall, yeah, I, I would agree that they're very, very weak conference. <laughs> now we're going to get into a fun conversation. We we tease this on Twitter, we tre- tease this on Facebook, on all social media. We're going to talk about the most athletic quarterback in Ohio State history. Now, it sounds like pre-show we came to a pretty 
uh, I'm pretty much in agreement on this. Uh, but we're going to pretty much go over the five quarterbacks that we nominated here. First off, Troy Smith. He was the last Heisman Trophy winner at Ohio State. His entire career to me, it's kind of crazy how that worked out. I don't know if you guys remember this in the Alamo Bowl when we lost like four or five games under Trestle. Troy Smith and Justin Zwick were going back and forth on who was the starter. Justin yeah. and then Tro- the most athletic. <laughs> but then Troy Smith, and then Troy Smith just comes out the next year and just junior senior year and just balls out, wins the Eisman Trophy. So Troy Smith was the first one. The second one is the, the most recent, Justin Fields. I, I think, I mean, would you guys agree with this? The main thing with Fields, like we have him on this list because he, I mean, he was an athlete, but he didn't really run as much as we really wanted him to. I mean, because this guy, he, he has speed. We saw it in the NFL Combine. I mean, this guy can run. I think with Justin Fields, uh, he and, and the reason he was first round pick is he was such a good passer. Mm-hmm. And this list is most athletic quarterbacks in Ohio State history. And it's not the best quarterback. It's not the best passing quarterback. It's it's the most athletic. And you can make an argument for Justin Fields. Like, the dude is a great athlete. Um, but I think what made him stand out at Ohio State was he is a, the greatest I, – I would say he's the greatest passer of the football we've seen. Um, just from a pure arm talent standpoint, he's got the arm strength, the accuracy. And uh, him and him and Olave, that first – I want to say it was – yeah, well, him and Olave, they were just – so electric together and and that was a big thing when Alave decided to stay that extra year is is he going to have the same chemistry that he had with Justin Fields with CJ Stroud because he was you know he was projected the second round pick and everyone's like man he might have made a mistake staying because he yeah. might not have the chemistry you know and you know Justin or CJ Stroud went out there and balled but um I think it was just his arm talent is outstanding. So, um, and he he never really showcased his athletic ability. He did in flashes, and he take off and get that first down. And you're like, ooh, he is so fast. I so there's a couple plays where he's just like he evades like traffic. He's like, you're like, dang, dude, this this dude is really good. And then yeah. you'll see you'll see like ten yards of grass. It's like dude, just tuck it and run, and then he'll throw like a fifty yard bomb. It's like, <laughs> all right, I'll live with that too. It's like, and I think I think that's one of those things with athletic quarterbacks that they kind of get caught up in the. I'm so athletic. I and especially in college football, they're like, I can just outrun everybody. So I'm just gonna tuck the ball and run. And Justin Fields was just so good at standing in the pocket you know, going through his reads. And um, so he could be the most athletic quarterback, but we never saw it in in the split and gray. And so that's why we're not choosing Justin Fields as the most athletic quarterback. Yeah. (laughs) It's a shame with Justin Fields because I, I can't tell you the number of times I would say like, dude, run the ball. Oh, I'd see TV. You're such an athlete because the thing we saw it, we saw him in high school. I mean, if you guys watch QB one, that was a great show on Netflix. You saw the ability he has. Justin Fields has all the ability in the world. And even the NFL too, nothing against his plays. I mean, I think he's a very solid player. What the bears do with him is another story because the bears are just awful with what they're doing right now, but he doesn't take all, like he just, he doesn't have the inclination to run. And I get as a young quarterback, you do want to process the field 
make reads, go through your progression, so on and so forth. But, man, if you have an opportunity to run and you're an athlete, you shouldn't think twice. You should be going. I mean, I think Justin Fields could have had – I think he could have competed for the Heisman more if he really used his legs. I mean, he was a Heisman candidate, but he probably would have won the Heisman if he uses his legs more. I think so, personally, at least. Moving on, and real quick, we do have a comment. Uh, Maria92806 says, great show. Thank you for your support. We appreciate it. And as we move on, we're going to go to Terrell Pryor. So Terrell Pryor, to me, we're not going to give – by the way, guys, we're not going to give the winner. We're going to go through all the options first. But Terrell Pryor, to me, I'm going to start off. The man is a physical specimen. I mean, this dude's like 6'5", 240 pounds, 6'6", whatever, around there. And just a physical specimen. I mean, he was basically what Cam Newton we thought he was. We thought the next coming of Cam Newton. We really well, did. Right, so no, I actually have a story about this. So <laughs> they played at the same same time. Mm-hmm. They were they were both on the field same season. And when Cam Newton's getting all this hype at Auburn, I was like, why isn't Terrell Pryor getting all this hype? They're identical in size. They're both freak athletes. And the biggest thing was. Terrell Pryor couldn't throw the football. <laughs> he couldn't throw the football to save his life. And, yeah. and he was just one of those guys that he's he was the best athlete on the field, and that's what made him such a great college quarterback. But um, and, and then he, you know, he goes on, gets drafted uh, really high, and he, he has a, a pretty decent NFL career, but um he just couldn't throw the football compared to Cam Newton. And Auburn was lighting the world on fire, so he he was riding that hype train to the Heisman. Um, but yeah, Terrell Pryor, freak athlete. You know, he ran a four three forty for his NFL Combine. Uh, they wanted to turn him into a receiver. He's like, no, I'm playing quarterback. He has the longest quarterback run in NFL history, ninety three yards. Just blazing fast, dude. And and it was he and I remember watching games where they would comment on Terrell Pryor and they'd be like, it looks like he's running in slow motion. Oh yeah, he just because, yeah because his strides were so long at six foot five, he could yeah. just outrun the defense. It looked so effortless. It was an, he was a he was amazing to watch. I, I had such a blast as a kid watching Terrell Pryor. Did, do you guys remember that he was so obviously the whole tattoo scandal that happened at Ohio mm-hmm. State. He actually, since he was suspended, he, he, yeah, he went to the supplemental draft, got drafted by the Raiders in the third round of that. Mm-hmm. And actually, talk about the athlete this man is, converts to wide receiver. And that really kept him in the NFL for as long as it did. And if it wasn't for him passing on a contract with the Browns in, 20, in um, 2016, that would have kept him here for four years. Who knows what would have happened there? Because he he had a thousand yards receiving with the yeah. Cleveland Browns. Not only did he convert to receiver, he he had a thousand yards with our trash quarterback room. It's, it's kind of like a very similar uh, season to what Josh Gordon had when he yeah. when he went for like twelve hundred yards receiving. It was like three or four quarterbacks rotating in and out, and there was like points during the season. We're like, let's just put Terrell Pryor at quarterback and just let him run all over the place. Literally. <laughs> I can't even remember who the quarterback was, but we're like, it cannot be any worse than Terrell Pryor just back there running around. So, <laughs> so yeah, he was, he was awesome. He was an awesome high school prospect. I think he was, he was like number one or number two coming out of high school. Uh, he, yeah. Yeah. Uh, he was 
you know, a top 40 basketball player prospect ranked ahead of Clay Thompson, right behind Draymond Green, just like an absolute beast on, on the court, on the field. Um, so, yeah. Nick, what are your thoughts on TP? Up there. Oh, dude, I, I was watching TP highlights today. And, <laughs> yeah, I mean, just he would just roll out of the pocket and just take off down the sideline. And you see these quarterbacks – Hall and tail to try to catch him. He's just in slow motion, just not even putting the effort in. And I mean, he just glides down the field. But yeah, he couldn't throw. I mean, you see him throw the ball. He's he literally just chucks it down the field. And he had some great receivers. I mean, I think Brian Hartline was there. Right. Sazenbacher was probably there when he was there. Robisky, I think, might have even been there for a little bit. I mean, he just had some great receivers. He was just tossing the ball to him, praying. And I mean. I was looking at his stats. I think, I mean, he didn't have a season where he threw less than 10 interceptions for the Buckeyes. So <laughs> the dude just was so athletic that he didn't need to throw the ball. He could just, you know, tuck it and run. And was Trussell his head coach, too? Yep. He was. That was yeah, Trussell's last quarterback he coached. Imagine, imagine if he was in an offense like what like Urban would have ran or like a Ryan Day would have ran. How much, how much different his numbers would look then, too? Yeah, yeah. we were a very – Single back I formation yeah. offense. I mean, oh man, and, and to be fair, the game was a lot different then, too. I mean, the game's evolved so much, and- yeah. But Cam Newton was running out shotgun, diving over people, like, yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know, it was, yeah, he's a, he's a specimen, that's for sure. I think with Terrell Pryor for me, because I mean, you guys hit on all the athletic traits about as perfectly as possible. The the thing about Pryor, I think we could also say, he is the quarterback in Ohio State history. We never got to really see his full potential. Is what it, it, it always seemed like that to me, at least. Like, I was just waiting for, like, Terrell Pryor, man, this guy to be a Heisman contender. I just never saw it. Well, like, so I actually – I have – I was thinking about this today because, like, what could have made Terrell Pryor a great quarterback? It was his arm. And – and to say he didn't have an arm is like that's that's stupid. Like he he could throw the football. Um, yeah. It was just he. I don't think he had the proper coaching. Um, and and you got to think like at the time period, like every high school quarterback goes to camps and has private coaches nowadays. That that the coaching for the quarterback position is so much more refined than it was back in two thousand six, two thousand seven. And so I think I think if he was coming up today. I think they would have they would have seen that talent a lot earlier. And I remember I remember when he when he signed with Ohio State, they were saying like he's not a great thrower of the football, but he's the best athlete on the team. So they put him at quarterback. And and I think that I think that actually hurt him because because he never really had that that coaching and refinement of the quarterback skills that that could have made him a great quarterback. And who knows, man? Imagine if he would just been a wide receiver, right? Right? Like right when he got to college, like Ohio State looked at him and was like, you know what, TP, we're gonna put you out wide and let you go get a thousand yard reception, a thousand yard receiving yards, and every year and be a first round draft pick. But you never yeah, know. never he know. Easy, he easily would have been too. I yeah, mean, with that yeah. athletic ability. The next quarterback is a man who did convert to wide receiver at his time at Ohio State. Braxton Miller. Okay. For me, Braxton Miller was probably the most fun quarterback at Ohio State to watch. This dude was so quick. 
he was and had the greatest spin move I've ever seen in my life to this day. <laughs> now, mind you, he wasn't playing quarterback. Doesn't matter. It was hey, absolutely amazing. Zeke had a great block too. Don't forget about the block that really <laughs> sprung him to be picked, free like picked that. Picked him up in the air. Literally tossed that dude. <laughs> oh man! But now, the play with Braxton that sticks out to me the most is that Penn State. I mean, he jukes out the entire defense and then dives over the end zone. Yeah. It's like uh, I actually just saw play. that today. Someone shared that today. I know. Oh man. I think the best uh, play in Braxton Miller's career was his freshman year against Wisconsin when he threw that Hail Mary in the end zone to Rabisky. Was that his freshman year, though? Or was that sophomore yeah. year? No, he was a true freshman starting. And and we were wearing the we were wearing like the throwback unis. They were kind of ugly. And, and you guys were all over at the house. And I ended up punching the ceiling because I jumped in the other side. <laughs> <laughs> <through> that Hail Mary. <laughs> I'll never forget that. That was crazy. I don't think – I don't know. It wasn't Rubisky that caught it. It was uh, Devin Smith caught it. That Okay, that's what I was going to say. Yeah, yeah, Devin Smith. That makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, he well, had he had it all, too. Yeah, he did. I mean, that's what I was going to get to. Like, he had the arm. I mean, he had the feet. I mean, just because of injuries, that's why he had to convert. I mean, if he yeah. doesn't get hurt, he's a he's a quarterback his whole career. Yeah, and you could say, I think there was. Uh, I was I was thinking about this today before the podcast because you think about all these guys; they're all like extremely mobile quarterbacks. Uh, mm -hmm. They all played really well in college, uh, and then you look at the NFL. Who who's the guy that? that kind of resembles this style of quarterback. It's Lamar Jackson, right? And and you could you could you can go back and you can look at all these college quarterbacks, even like Pat White for West Virginia and, and these guys that were super athletic, super mobile playing the quarterback position. And you can and and you can like see where they get drafted, how they do in the NFL, and they they never really pan out. And I think that ended up hurting Lamar Jackson. Yeah. Uh, because Lamar Jackson's like in another stratosphere compared to these guys uh, in terms of athletic ability, throwing the ball. Um, but, but these guys are the prototype. These are the original OGs that they, they went out there with their feet and they made the game of football extremely fun to watch, uh, even, though, even though they didn't pan out the next level. So – that's the thing with Braxton. I, that's the big thing with Braxton Miller for me. If he doesn't have that injury, that season-ending injury, and switch positions, I, I think, one, he ends up winning a Heisman Trophy for one. And I think he ends up possibly starting in the NFL, a quarterback. I really do. I mean, he his numbers in college speak for themselves. I mean, this was a guy who threw for over, threw for over 2,000 yards every year, but also he ran for over 1,000 every year. Every year that he started, he ran for over a thousand yards. I, I I think he would have been before Lamar Jackson. I think Braxton Miller would have had a shot in the NFL. And I think once he had to transition to wide receiver, nothing against. I mean, he had one year to really learn the position, and then when you're drafting him, you're trying to see can this guy really do it, and it just didn't pan out for him at wide receiver. But if he had a chance at quarterback, I think he would have been Lamar Jackson before Lamar Jackson. And the, yeah, and the injury it was. It was to his throwing shoulder, which is which is extremely unfortunate because who who knows what would happen if it if he didn't injure his throwing shoulder. 
but yeah. you know it wouldn't have unlocked an entire new era of of football with JT at quarterback and you know him becoming the most winningest quarterback in Ohio State history. So, and you, I mean, I'm sure there's people out there that have opinions on JT, but he he won he won football yeah. games. So he won he's, a lot. he's not the most athletic quarterback in Ohio State history, though. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'll say people argue he overstayed his welcome a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> well, JD brings us into a great segue of into our next candidate here, and that is JT Barrett. JT Barrett, we all have our thoughts on JT Barrett. We're not going to really get in like get into that too much, but JT Barrett had his career at Ohio State was very solid. I mean, he finished with 9,400 yards, 100 touchdowns, 30 picks. Um, rushing yards ran for over 3000 yards during his time at Ohio state. He's he, I don't think he is the most athletic by any means, but at the same time, when you did watch him run, he was a pretty solid athlete. I mean, this is a guy that defenses had to account for. I think once he got injured after, um, when he got injured his freshman year, when he started for, uh, Braxton Miller, once he got injured, I don't, something changed there with him as a player a little bit, but I don't know. I, I was I was a JT fan. He frustrated me at times, but I mean you can't argue with the numbers he put up. I mean he has Ohio State records as our quarterback. I would say he was consistent. He was accurate with the football. He was fast enough. Yeah. But he wasn't the most athletic player on the field, but he could make it happen. And and I, I really I enjoyed watching him play too. Um, but I think I would, he was super deceptive. He right? was, he was deceptively fast. I mean, and especially cause I mean, you watch a lot of the plays he was, his zone read was great. I mean, he did a really good job of writing the reads out. He did a good job of pulling it when he had to, and he'd pick up six, seven, 10 yards. I mean, like Jordan said, he's very consistent. You knew what you're going to get with him. You, you, it was third, third and three. We run his own read. He's going to make the right play, and he's going to get the first down, either if he's handing it off or if he's running it himself. I mean, the dude was super intelligent. Yeah. Uh, I mean. And congrats to him. He, uh, he's yeah. now the offensive assistant for the Detroit Lions this year. Yeah, so man, it's crazy. Moving into the coaching world, and I think I think it just goes to show he was he was a smart player. Um, definitely. A great Ohio State, great, but he uh, was not the most athletic quarterback. <laughs> yeah, that's that sums it up pretty well. And I, I, the one thing I remember with JT Barrett for sure is there became a point where when you needed a yard or two, Urban wasn't going to a running back. He was just going to run that that quarterback draw right up the middle every time, and it, it became it became very predictable, but. That just goes to show, though, that he trusted JT Barrett, the type of player JT Barrett was. So, as we give our winner here, the winner of the most athletic quarterback in Ohio State history is Mr. Terrell Pryor. KP, let's go, KP. I think it's close, for real. I think our arguments made it seem like it's really close, but strictly based off athleticism <laughs> not close i will point yeah. out we didn't even make an argument for troy smith <laughs> yeah yeah i mean he won a heisman but he that's it heisman. That's, he, he, won a heisman. he did yeah he did he was five he, foot ten really fast could throw the ball 
could throw the rock, yeah. <laughs> I, no. I mean, he also had Ted Ginn Jr. to throw to. Yeah, that dude. helps. Hey, he's down oh, and Tony Holmes. He's down there somewhere. Just chuck it. Throw, yep, throw it up for grabs. Throw it up for grabs. Well, we got two segments here, boys. And the final se- the, the second segment here before um before we get to the final. That is Big Ten expansion. It's been it's been in the news, and obviously Ohio State has added USC. We have added UCLA. Now, guys, what we're gonna do is we're each gonna provide one team that we would like to see the Big Ten add. Before we get to that, I will say that brings us to a total of 16 teams for the Big Ten. Um, And Kevin Warren, the commissioner of the Big Ten, came out and said they are looking to add to get to 20. So so he came out and said that yesterday. Uh, So my thought process with my team, so my team was Stanford. Um, And the reason I say Stanford is the Big Ten is looking for two things, two big things. Number one your athletics. Uh, Stanford has a great football team. Um, and, and they've been, they've been, they, they've historically been great, but they, they are, they're good enough to be in the big town. Um, they would be competitive. Uh, they're always competitive in the PAC 12. So, um, I don't think that's a question there for football. Uh, there are other athletics. I can't speak on those as much, but, um, I know that's what they're looking for, number one. And then number two is your academics. Stanford being a top 10 school in academics is going to be a big, 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 big player uh, for, for Kevin Warren to, to get those uh, if, they, if they decide to apply. So I think, I think they're a good option. And with Kevin Warren saying, like, hey, we're looking to add 10 teams, I think the idea is you're almost going to have a Pac-12 Big Ten kind of divide there where you have like a West coast kind of team, like maybe go to like Nebraska, Iowa. um, And then you have like USC, UCLA, Stanford, maybe add a couple others in there, uh, make a West and East division for the big 10. And then you kind of have a championship game, which is essentially what the Rose bowl is the the PAC 12 in the big 10. So uh, I, I, that's why I picked Stanford. I think they're just a perfect fit for what the Big Ten looks for, and I think they bring a lot uh, academically and athletically to the Big Ten. I, I could absolutely see Stanford, especially with what's happening in the Pac-12. Nick, you have one that originally this was my choice. You said it before I did, but here you go. Cincinnati, make the case for the Bearcats – well, Joining the Big Ten. So, I mean, obviously, geographically, it just makes sense. I mean, with them being the little – I mean, down there. I mean, you could argue it's Kentucky, but it's still Ohio. So, Cincinnati's <laughs> down there, southwest Ohio. But I am going to kind of argue against why they should be in for a second because this is one of the reasons <laughs> why they are, are already in the Big Ten. It's because of their academics is one of the big pillars why they're not because they're not even a top 100, like – institution in the United States. I think they're ranked 143. So that's really one of the big reasons why they aren't already in the Big Ten. And with them just recently joining the Big 12, I mean, I don't think they're going to move anytime soon. But mm-hmm. I just think with Luke Fickle being down there in Cincinnati and them being an Ohio school as it is already, I think it just makes sense. And and with how their football program is up and coming, I mean, they're really on the come up. So they'd be, I mean, competitive in the Big Ten right away, I think. They, they'd be a top five team in the Big Ten right away. 
Um, and I know that even their basketball program is starting to come up on the on, in a big way as well. They, they've had some draft picks recently and stuff like that. They're getting some big recruits in the basketball world. So I just think they'd be very competitive and it, it'd be a good rivalry to have like an in-state rivalry instead of like saying like, Oh, Akron's our rival or Penn State's our in-state rival. I think it'd be really cool to have, or even if Cincinnati's just on the schedule every year as a non-conference, but now I think they'd be a good fit just based athletic wise academics. They need some work, but that's always, there's always room for improvement. Well, and then they, we played them like pretty recently. In the past couple, I feel years. like we did too. I but they were they weren't quite fickle. Got there though. Yeah, that's yeah. on. So like with with how I mean, you could definitely say in the next five years that they'll probably strongly consider coming over. But right now, I mean, with them just making the switch over to the Big Twelve, was that what two years ago or last year? It was uh, last year, I believe. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, they're still fresh in that conference, but. I th- I think we're at an interesting place with these TV deals and yes. uh, all these teams switching conferences, you know, Oklahoma, Texas, going to SEC, UCLA, USC, like big schools yeah. changing conferences. I think, I think we're getting close boys to, to the super conferences where yeah. it's, where I it's agree. just maybe like three major conferences, big 10 SEC and a merger between the remaining pack 12 pack 10 or yeah, Pac-12, Big 12, ACC teams because it's, it's getting the crazy. Money, the money's going to talk at the end of the day. Well, so. and that's another thing too. It's like these schools, they're going to lose recruits based off these TV deals as well. I mean, these kids are going to go want to go to places where there's national exposure, and some of these smaller tier schools are just not going to get that, not going to get their recruits. Yeah, so. That's something else to look forward to. But, yeah, Cincinnati is my squad uh, just because I feel like it was the no-brainer. Yeah, I mean, you're the only one out of the three of us that did not pick a Pac-12 school. I went with the Oregon Ducks. Oregon, to me, well, makes way close. too much sense to me. Way yeah, too much sense. Close. I mean, I, <laughs> the fact that, one, they beat us last year. We're not – I'm not even going to talk about that game. But – they make sense for the Big Ten. They are huge. It's the main thing for Nike, the main team Nike sponsors, obviously, with Phil Knight and whatnot. They have the sports, basketball and football, both very good in both. Oregon just – they seem like they would fit to me seamlessly within the Big Ten. You already added UCLA. You have already added USC. You're adding the other big dog, I think, in Oregon. And – the fact that we would get to play Oregon probably hopefully once a year would be something I think a lot of us would enjoy again, especially after what we had to deal with last year. I would love Oregon to join the big 10. They're going to, you know, they're going to be in the top 25 pretty much every single year. They run that spread offense. They recruit. Well, I think, I think adding another top team like that to the big 10 would be huge because you see, here's the thing. I I think Oregon would have been, I think adding Oregon over UCLA is probably how I would have gone instead of adding USC and UCLA. Because I, I think Oregon's bigger for football, personally. But historically, UCLA. historically, football-wise, UC, and basketball. Basketball, I, especially. Basketball is huge. USC, yeah. UCLA. Um, yeah. I think it it just made sense with the geographic location and stuff. And I'm surprised they, they did it at the exact same time. Like, that dropped – Right. Same. Both of them. Yeah. They picked them both up. And so, um, 
TJ, did you did you see today what was put out about Oregon? I was, yeah, I was about, close, I was, dude. It's, it's close. I was about to hit on that. Is that Brett McMurphy reported that Oregon has inquired about if they could be a fit with the Big Ten? Something to keep in mind. I I think you're gonna see, when you're gonna see expansion with the Big Ten, you're gonna see Pac-12. I, I think that's yeah. almost a no-brainer. And Pac-12 I think Washington, teams. I think Washington also put in a package. To, they did. Yeah, they did. Yeah, they, they were reported a couple weeks ago, I believe. And just as a caveat, guys, no one mentioned Notre Dame. That was a caveat. We're not talking about Notre Dame, even though I think at some point that's probably going to happen. But just for the sake of this argument, that was not the case. But as we're moving on to the final segment here, this this one's going to be kind of fun. We got about got about 10 minutes. And this is – we're going to talk a little bit about the NIL. <laughs> so right now – it's kind of a big deal. So CJ Stroud, I'm going to tie this into what we were talking about with Big Ten Media Day. CJ Stroud mentioned that he feels that the players should get a portion of that $7 billion. How do you guys feel about how, – how would that work? Like how would they go about doing that? Because right, then here's so, the thing. Like let's say – wait. Let's say you do that between all the players. Are some of these guys like CJ Stroud, Travion Henderson, JSM, are they going to be happy knowing they're getting the exact same amount as Noah Ruggles? Or a four-string tight end on for Michigan. That that's the other thing you have to think about with all this. If players do want to split the money, how do they go about doing something like that? So let's say how many people do you say are on a college football roster? 140? With Probably. walk-ons, with everything. I'd say that's close. 140. Yeah. At least at least 120, at least. Okay. For the sake of the argument, we'll say 120. So you're you're saying let's give every school one million dollars. So fourteen schools in the Big Ten get a million dollars out of this mm-hmm. one billion dollars that the Big Ten gets. If you divide that by 120, every player gets ten thousand dollars just to play football. So let's say let's say every school gets ten. Let's say every school gets ten million dollars. So that's only seventy million out of the one billion that the Big Ten is bringing in from these TV deals. So if every school gets $10 million, every player is making $100,000 to play college football. So why can't they they meet in the middle somewhere? Why can't players why can't players get each school gets $5 million in the big time? And why can't players get 50k to play football? Um, because God knows how many injuries there are, how many things happen throughout a season that prevent these players from not only playing in the future, but pursuing anything athletically outside of school. And, and um, once they get injured, you know, that might be it, but at least they're getting paid like a, like a salary to play. And you can say, Oh, they're students. They're getting scholarships. Well, fun fact, only a third of a, of a college football roster is even on scholarship, not to mention, a full-time scholarship. So, so if you are uh, not, a, not a full-time, a full ride. So like yeah. you're getting hundred percent of your school, your housing paid for. It's only, it's only like a sixth of the players on the team. So, so these players are paying out of pocket to go to school and play football, which not only is a full-time job to go to school, but it's also a full-time job. It's probably 80 hours a week with school and football, especially at a school like Ohio State where they right. eat, like 
eat, live, and breathe football 100%. Yeah. And you're practicing twice a day or you're lifting in the mornings. You've got a workout at noon. Also, we are collegiate athletes, dude. We, yeah. we know how it is. I mean, yeah, it's, so, it's, you start early and you end late. So I think CJ Stroud is is not wrong because they're bringing in a billion dollars a year to televise their games on TV. Like, do you know how much money? That's insane. Yeah. That's that's insane. Like, why shouldn't the players, the ones that are putting the product on the field, get some compensation for that? I say they're the ones putting their bodies through the through, through the grind every single day. Football is not a sport that that easy. It's not easy on the body, but it is not a sport where the, the players like last long. No. So, yeah. so I th- I do think that they should get compensated. Is basically. I, what I'm I I think I agree. But there's got to be, like, some type of, like, regulations. Like, you can't just, like – I mean, because, well, the quarterback from LSU, I mean – Right, literally... so oh that's goodness, that's, a, that's a different that's... argument, though. So, yeah. So he's saying there's there should be compensation. Is that going to be through NIL? Because NIL is a completely different thing. Right. And, so and would, like, this, would this money come straight from the university then instead of NIL? Yeah, so this would be okay. – this would just be – being compensated through the university since there's no longer that restriction of the NCAA basically saying, Hey, we can't, can't get any gifts. And like people are getting married in college and they're afraid to get gifts for their wedding because that could be a violation of NCAA policy. Um, It's more so like, Hey, um, you're playing football for us. This is like part of your, your package of, of being on the roster. And, and then like NIL, so you were looking today, the first high school football team just got an NIL, NIL deal. And it's with some sports tech company like Kong IQ. I don't know what they do. I didn't get to read into it too much, but they, they didn't drop a number value, but they basically said, hey, there's this D1 um, high school football team in Southern California, the perennial state champs, and they – uh, are pipelines for big schools like USC, UCLA. And they are giving them a lump sum of money to be sponsors. And every player on that team is getting money. And so they're sending money to the bank accounts of these high schoolers to play high school football. And and that's part of NIL. So that's, that's like what, you know, Quinn Ewers was doing when he's, you know, signed with Ohio State and he gets $1.4 million to play football. Um, because of his name and then Ohio State's brand attached to it. Um, and so these these private companies are giving money to players as sponsorships and stuff like that. CJ Stroud just got a G-Wagon. Um, and so that's that's like a separate thing to, to the Big Ten. But uh, NIL is allowing for these players to take advantage of their celebrity while it only may be one to three years, vice uh, back when like Johnny Menzel was playing, he was getting suspended for autographs that he was signing and selling because of the rules at the time. So like right now it's the wild west. I'm sure they're going to come out with some restrictions here soon because the amount of money that's flying to these 18 year olds is it's insane. insane. Yeah. It's crazy. Like Bryce Young last year, before he even took a snap for uh, Alabama and granted he went on to win the Heisman, but 
before he even took a snap with Alabama, he was making seven figures. That'd be so, nice. Yeah. <laughs> that would be kind of nice. <laughs> as, as, we're, and as we're wrapping things up here, the NIL conversation kind of goes into the new college football video game that is coming out next season. So a big hiccup right now with getting players on the oh. game is they're trying to strike a deal. EA, EA is trying to strike a deal with these players in order to get their likeness onto the game. Do you guys think by the time we get to this in 2024, do you think we're going to have these like player names? Are we going to have, is that all going to be on there or are we going to go back to QB one and running back 30 and all well, that? All right. So the issue with that, that's the whole reason they ended the game, right? Is mm-hmm. in uh, whatever year it was, there was a basketball player for a UCLA name was Ed O'Bannon. He sued the EA Sports and NCAA for the he, number 30 on UCLA, or UCLA was identical to him in height, weight, handiness, um, skin tone, and everything. So he, he actually sued them for, for likeness, and he ended up winning in a – it was a class, class action lawsuit, hundreds of – players jumped on this suit and EA sports actually had to pay back $40 million because of this. So I think most players only got a couple thousand dollars uh, in this lawsuit, but uh, that would be the issue with this game, right? Is they would need approval from not only the universities to use all their traditions, their music, their stadiums, their logos, their uniforms, but they also need all these players to hop on board, uh, which is, like we said, 120 players per team. Um, and then how are you going to divide that up? Does every player get a $1,000 check? Does, uh, you know, the star players get 5000 and the bench players get 100 Like, how is that going to work? Are they actually going to have pictures? Are they going to actually have names? Um, so there's a lot of questions, and it's not – I don't think it's coming out in 2024, man. I think it's supposed to come out next summer. Yeah, yeah. That would be technically the NCAA football. I got you. All right. That, yeah. I should have clarified. That's my Yeah. Opinion. Yeah, so, like, they got to get all this stuff Quick. within within the year. Yeah. Within the next year, they have to get all this cleared, not to mention every year you're going to have incoming freshmen, which it would be a little bit easier to deal with year in, year out if you have – or maybe freshmen just aren't in the game. Um, but it, it'll be interesting to see uh, how they play it. But there's there's going to be a lot of a lot of hiccups with getting the NIL cleared. And I, I remember uh, last year they, they were saying, like, a lot of teams didn't want to participate. And this was before NIL got approved. Um, but, like, I think Notre Dame said, like, hey, we're out. We don't want to be a part of the game. Um, so it'll, it'll be interesting. I'm hoping it all works out. I would not want to be a part of EA sports trying to figure all that, that, like that legal stuff. Cause it's going to be a, a headache and a nightmare, but, uh, I am excited to, to have college football back. Hopefully, um, you know, that's, that's the game of our childhood. We all played it together, uh, way too much. Um, <laughs> but, oh, yeah. not as adults, man. I- my life is gonna be over. Any free time I'm yeah. <laughs> on the game. Dude. Like I love Madden, but there's just something about firing up college football on a Saturday before the game start. You get the music, you get Kirk Herbstreet. Uh 
calling game day. It's, I don't know. There's just something about it. The smell of fall in the air somehow happens when you turn on your Xbox. It's, yeah, it's going to be exciting. So hopefully they figure it out on, uh, but yeah, it's going to be a nightmare for them to figure out the NIL stuff. I just know that. Yeah, definitely glad that, like you said, we're, we don't have to be a part of that discussion. That would not be fun. I'm sure that's an everyday battle, at least right now. <laughs> until as soon, as soon as something does, because I, I have a feeling it's going to be agreed upon. I mean, this has been – I don't think they would have announced this about a year ago if they didn't know that they had a lot of momentum towards this. That's just well, what I think personally. So they, they announced it in anticipation of NIL being approved. So it wasn't even approved at the yeah, time. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. So, so I think we'll we're in, I, I think we're in a good position for sure. Uh, as we wrap things up, guys, thank thank you each and every one of you that tuned into the show tonight. We really appreciate everyone's support. The show will be available on Spotify here later this week. You also can go back and rewatch it on Twitch. Remember, we are giving away a copy of Madden 23. Go to network underscore 216 on Twitter and follow the instructions there to be eligible to win. One of those instructions you can do for free on your screen right now, that's click the purple crown, and that's going to subscribe you for free with Amazon Prime. And just as a reminder, remember, Baseball Mania 3 is going on right now with Underdog Fantasy. Time's running out to sign up, but once you do, you have a chance at $10 million in prizes. Be sure to use code 216 to double your first deposit up to $100. And immediately following our show, Down With The Browns will be live. Manny, Mac. And, and Christian, I almost said KFC because that's what he goes by. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, and, and and Christian. So, guys, make sure you tune in for that. Your first show of Browns content for the week. Thank each and every one of you that tuned in to the episode tonight. I am Tyler Johnson with Nick Lazier and Jordan Dalton. This has been the Scarlet Gray Podcast. Thank you for tuning in and go Bucks. Go Bucks.